Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my loves. Welcome to the first ever episode of Unfollowing Mum, a place for you to feel seen, where we'll discuss all things estrangement in a digital age, toxic family dynamics, and work towards healing our generational trauma with a good dose of humour and a dollop of sarcasm. I'm your host, Harriet Shearsmith, and each week I will be talking about different topics relating to estrangement, answering your questions, and speaking with experts and those who have first-hand experiences, because you know what? You are not alone and neither am I and the more we talk about these experiences, the more we can shake that taboo, get rid of the shame and learn to heal together. Hello my loves and welcome to the first ever episode of Unfollowing Mum. Now I am super excited to have you here and super excited to be talking to you about all things estrangement, toxic families and to have a space for us adult children who maybe have experienced dysfunctional family or toxic family or are indeed going through estrangement because everything that I have found out there so far has been very much aimed at the parent in that scenario and while Whilst I feel that everybody within these situations has a right to have a space and to be heard and to feel seen in their experiences, it is galling to me that there is next to nothing out there for adult children who have made the decision to step away from family members that cause them emotional distress, that have been emotionally or physically, sexually abusive, whatever form of abuse that might take. And there seems to be so little out there for us, so little out there for people to be able to discuss their experiences, especially when it pertains to emotional abuse. There seems to be a lot out there for childhood trauma and discussing that from a therapist's point of view. But where's my relatable podcast for somebody who has been through this experience and says, hey, look, you know, you're not alone. We've been through this and here's how we're dealing with it. Let's heal together as a community. Well, it's right here. That is the whole purpose of Unfollowing Mum. 
I mean, I say that's the whole purpose, but I know there will be people out there going, oh, why do you think it's okay to air your family's dirty laundry? And I would say to those people that in 2023, we need to let go of that phrase and that concept. Why? Well, because change is never affected in silence and all silence does is protect abusers. It never aids victims. When we talk about generational trauma and we talk about dysfunctional families, toxic families, that trauma being passed down the only way that we are ever going to see changes in that structure is if we acknowledge it and the only way we acknowledge it is by talking about our lived experiences it does not make you selfish and it does not make you a bad human being to acknowledge that your experience with a parental figure or with a family member has been toxic and damaging to your mental well-being in fact if anything I think it makes you incredibly brave because to be able to talk about these things and to say hey look actually the way that you treated me when we were growing up was this or the way that you did this was not acceptable we find that the healthiest relationships will still have those moments where somebody will say "Mm, well I'm not going to do that when I have kids because I didn't like the way that made me feel that made me feel unloved that did whatever and yet the parent in that scenario will take accountability and say gosh I didn't know that made you feel that way I'm really sorry that it did let's learn from this together. The difference that we see in a scenario where an estrangement occurs or where there is a breakdown in the relationship is often when somebody becomes defensive, when they say, well, I did my best, how dare you speak of me that way? Or they say, what, no, you're remembering it wrong and they start gaslighting. That's when we see a breakdown in a relationship, when there is no accountability for the actions that are taken. And what we demand when we talk about these things, what we demand when we break the silence surrounding our dirty laundry as it were is we demand accountability and we demand change and when we talk about these topics that are there to break the stigma that are topics that are taboo or something that people will say oh, we shouldn't be talking about that that's that's private that's a family matter more often than not it's done for two reasons one it's done to heal the trauma as a collective because that is something that is well documented to help known as community therapy something that people do up and down the country across the world and has been known to be effective because we are as humans social animals so if we know that we are not the only one going through this we're we're also pretty self-indulgent animals we very much seem to believe until shown otherwise that we're the only ones that are having this experience and let me tell you you are never the only one I speak to people on a daily basis about their experiences with toxic family dysfunctional family family dramas, estrangement, who are at varying stages of estrangement, and I speak to people about horrendous experiences that they've had. You are never the only one who has had this experience, and there is community out there, and community can be healing. The second reason that people tend to talk about these things, and why it is so important to talk about them, especially in my opinion, as a mother myself, is to break generational trauma and create a happier, healthier future for our kids. Not just our kids, but their kids. And not just their kids, but society as a general. We look at the mental health problems that we have amongst society. That is not an accident. That is years upon years of generational trauma being passed down. And you know, we call it generational trauma for a reason. It's because it's never been addressed in past generations. And it 
it just keeps getting passed down. How many times will you have had an older toxic family member turn to you and say, well, that's how my parents did it and we never complained or, well, I had to put up with it, why can't you? And I've, it's something I've never been able to wrap my head around. When I look at my children, I want the very best for them. I don't look at them and think, well, I had this shitty upbringing, so, you know, I had to get on with it. You should go through the same. Never once has it occurred to me to think it's okay for them to have to go through what I went through because, well, I dealt with it and I'm okay. (laughs) I'm not okay. I have had to work through some serious trauma. I have had to work through CPTSD. I have had to work through so many different things in order to be a better mother for my children and a better me for myself. And that's one of the reasons that that's the core reason why it's so important to talk about estrangement, family dysfunction, toxic families, so that we can break this generational trauma and make life better, not just for ourselves, but for future generations. On a final note of how Unfollowing Mum came to be, I am a firm believer in sharing knowledge and that knowledge is power. So that is what I aim to do. I aim to share my experience, my knowledge with you, everything that I have researched, everything that I have learned about narcissistic or emotionally immature parents, growing up in a toxic environment, family dysfunction, estrangement itself. I'm going to be sharing on this podcast and I hope, truly hope, that the knowledge will be as powerful for you as it has been for me. Okay, before we go any further, I think it's probably important I share with you my story and how I came to be estranged from my mum. I became estranged from my mum in 2020 and it was halfway through the pandemic, it was something that had been building for an awfully long time and looking back at my childhood, I would never have believed that I had an emotionally abusive, toxic childhood but let me tell you, I certainly did. I grew up with a mother who I firmly believe is a covert narcissist and I say I firmly believe because I am not diagnosing her as that. It's really important that when we talk about these things, we steer away from diagnosing people when we are not qualified to do so. But I am basing my belief off years of research, off years of learning, and off conversations with my own therapist who is a trained professional and would agree with me. What I would put to you if you are lacking confidence in saying, okay, I experienced narcissistic abuse, is that you do not need to be a zoologist to identify a tiger. Think on that. You do not need to be a therapist to acknowledge your own lived experiences. You do, however, need to be a therapist or a qualified professional to make a diagnosis. That's the fundamental difference. So I grew up with this toxic mother who was incredibly enmeshed with me. And what that term means, it is very common within covert narcissistic mother dynamics, but it's not exclusive to them. It is a form of emotional abuse and essentially it is the failure to see where your child begins and where you end. The failure to see that child as anything but an extension of yourself and it's incredibly damaging. Let's give you a real-time example of this. So it might be that you don't like peas but your parent likes peas. They cannot understand why you wouldn't like peas. And that's a really small, really silly example, but it puts it into perspective of an inability to see that that person may or may not feel differently about scenarios than you. That's enmeshment. 
a more serious example of this, especially as we get older and as I grew into my adulthood, was a failure to understand why I didn't just blanket agree with everything she said. Obviously, we're different generations. We've got different ideals. We've got different beliefs and hugely different ones, let me tell you that. But when you have an enmeshed parent, it's such a shock to their system that you are suddenly challenging the things that they have said as opposed to just accepting them off the bat. I know as a child, everything my mum said was gospel and it was one of the reasons that I had such a toxic relationship with my dad. Now whilst I am estranged from my mum and that will probably be a huge discussion for the estrangement side of this podcast and addressing the mother wound as it's known, I also had a really toxic relationship with my father which I don't discuss terribly often across social media but I will be on this podcast because there is a father wound there that I think a lot of you will relate to that I think is important to address. Whilst my upbringing with my mum was very much that of a covert narcissist mother and there was a lot of emotional abuse I don't think my dad did much better now I am not estranged from my dad for one simple reason he's dead and death can make it really difficult to hold someone accountable for their actions but what it does not make it difficult to do is to acknowledge how those actions have affected you shaped you and to address the trauma and heal from it Moving forward with my story, my relationship with my mum really started to break down when I had my own children and I started to come into my own as an adult, when I started to question the way that she behaved, question and refused to tolerate, essentially set boundaries. And you'll hear me talk about this all the way throughout the podcast and you will hear any guests I am sure talk about setting boundaries and the impact that they have on a relationship. Now, setting boundaries might look like saying to somebody, hey, I don't accept you talking to me like that. I'm an adult in my own right. And they were the kind of things that I had started to do with my mum. And the more boundaries I set, the more things that I challenged, the more that I stepped away from her worldview and created my own, the more problems that we got. And that is how we ended up at the point where our relationship was incredibly toxic and difficult to navigate. At the time the estrangement happened, mum was actually living in an annex that we'd built for her. I never moved out of my childhood home. Yeah, I know, right? I never moved out of my childhood home because I was raised with the idea that moving away from a parent or moving on with your life, creating your own family, moving out and essentially leaving a parent behind was a betrayal. It was something that shouldn't be done. Our parents should live with us. Our parents should be like you see in the movies about the European continent where, you know, the great, great grandmother, the grandmother, the mother, and then the young family, they all live together in this one amazing Italian complex. It's not actually reality, but that's what I was raised with, that idea that we should behave that way where the older family members live with us we look after them that to put your parent in a home for example was absolutely evil that it made you a terrible terrible person and all of these things that I was raised with that just make no sense when you look at them objectively were a fundamental part of who I was as a person what my core beliefs were and in trying to be the best daughter that I could be in trying to be a good loyal daughter I ended up being a pretty shoddy wife and a shoddy mum and a shoddy me and that's the crux of it all I ended up betraying myself and putting my own happiness and my own emotional well-being on the line and sacrificing it at the altar of my mother and trying to make her happy 
So on this expedition to be this amazing daughter that I wanted to be, in 2019 we embarked upon building an annex for my mum because I just could not stand living with her anymore. It got to the point where we would never have a moment alone as a couple, where we would never have time to just sit and eat a family meal without her presence. And every time, every day without fail, there'd be some kind of argument, some kind of picking at me, some kind of pointing out what I had done wrong, uh, what I had cooked that was wrong, what I was wearing that was wrong, if I'd gained weight, lost weight, whatever I'd said online, anything that could be used against me to create an atmosphere would be done so. So we built this annex which would definitely in my memoir of life go down as one of my top three failings. <laughs> it was a terrible idea and it just seemed to amplify all of the woes that we had. Mum was constantly talking about how unhappy she was, she referred to it as the shed. I was told that I had to cook dinner for her every day. All of these things that I now know that are classic emotional abuse. Nothing was ever good enough. Nothing was ever right. And in 2020, towards middle 2020, I found the strength to say to her, this is not working. We are all so unhappy. And the agreement that we have is that if this is not working out, you will move out and we will make sure that you have a house so that you are set up for life. And I asked her to do that and she said no. At the time when I asked her to do that, I'd gone to her and I, I just remember being so anxious and feeling so over overcome with guilt. I was feeling sick. I'd been sick before I'd gone to speak to her and I just was shaking, was feeling so unhappy, so frightened and like I was doing the biggest betrayal you could possibly think of, even though looking back now everything I was suggesting was so reasonable like please can you move out of our annex we're going to set you up with a house you are going to be set up for life you will not be a penny out of pocket you're going to have this wonderful house because you hate this annex that you currently live in so like this should be a win-win for everyone and what I realized was that for my mother in particular it was more about maintaining control over my life and maintaining an access to me where she could control me and control my happiness than it was about being happiest that was more important to her. So with her refusal to move out, it actually started a lengthy legal process, which again, I've talked about on my YouTube. I'm not gonna go into much detail with it, but essentially I was hoping to create a relationship with my mum where we would be low contact, which is a form of estrangement. It is a distancing in the relationship whereby we would both be able to step away. I could go into therapy without being constantly judged or having constant remarks about that, which is what had happened in the past. She she could hopefully be able to reflect on her behavior and see how that had impacted our relationship and make changes which I realize now was just never going to happen but that was the hope that was the illusion that I was living in that was what I was dreaming of was that we'd be able to maintain some kind of contact but with her refusing to move out of this annex that she hated so much that we had custom built for her it was a case of okay now that is an irreparable fracture in our relationship because I've offered you this solution to repair it and you cannot accept any accountability for what is happening to us for this breakdown in our relationship you just want to pass the blame on to my spouse you want to pass the blame on to me and that's just not going to work eventually she moved out and that was the start of our real estrangement we had been somewhat low contact at that point because obviously sometimes we would have to 
crossed paths. You know, the annex was on our property, so that made it really difficult. We were in a position where we no longer had a relationship, but would occasionally have to pass ways as we were coming in the drive, and there would be dirty looks, there would be nasty comments, all the things you can imagine, I'm sure. But when she finally moved out, that was the part where we could all start to heal and where the estrangement really happened and she doesn't have contact with myself or my children and that's something that again I will discuss later on on the podcast on other episodes about talking to your children about estrangement and navigating estrangement from a grandparent because it is a whole different ball game let me tell you and when it comes to judgment people seem to have this idea that a grandparent or a parent has an automatic right to be in someone's life but they do not and they do not if they cannot respect your boundaries and they are toxic and damaging for your mental well-being because ultimately your responsibility as an adult and it has taken me so long to accept this fact your responsibility as an adult is first and foremost to yourself you know it's your job to protect yourself it's your job to protect your mental well-being and look after yourself because you cannot create a healthy stable environment around you for others to come into your life be that a friend a partner um uh, children whatever that might be whatever that looks like in your situation if you are not looking after number one if you are not prioritizing your own mental well-being and your own safety then you cannot welcome any goodness into your life before you do that So let's talk about the different types of estrangement because I am sure there will be plenty of people listening to this thinking, "Uh, well, I'm not at that point yet. Like I have a really damaged relationship with my parent, but I still kind of feel obliged to have to go and see them at Christmas or I feel obliged to speak to them or they may have ill health, whatever it might look like for you. There are so many different ways in which someone can be estranged from a family member in which estrangement can take place. And there are so many different ways, an infinite number, some would argue, of how that could look because you're all dealing with different personalities. So for me, I have complete no contact I do not have any contact with my mum she may or may not choose to try and send uh, birthday cards which she has done in the past we've had on numerous occasions birthday cards sent to one of the children and then not to other children or we've had birthday cards sent to everybody or we've had a lengthy birthday card that's sent to me on one of my birthdays since the estrangement happened I didn't get one this year uh, mainly because I'm talking about it online I'm sure but I had one birthday card sent to me that was like a lengthy prose about how proud you are of daughters, how much you miss them, how tragic it is when they grow up. Every little thing that's been done has been done purposefully, especially things like sending birthday cards to one child, isolating them and then refusing to send it to the siblings. It's an example of cruel behaviour and it's a very, very standard one that when I've spoken about it online, I've found people have related to. So no contact kind of does what it says on the tin, to be honest. It is, as it says, no contact. If I saw her in the supermarket, I would walk past her and that would be that. It is a difficult one to navigate if you have extended family. For me, I do not have any siblings in the traditional sense. My dad has two adopted children who I have never met. I would not consider them siblings, not because they are adopted. That does not make them any less his children than I am his children, purely because up until recently, which is a completely other podcast episode, I didn't even know they knew I existed. 
not even slightly. And that in itself is really bizarre. But for me, with my aunts, uncles, um, cousins that are on my mum's side of the family, I've never had much of a relationship with them. And I speak to a lot of people who do have close relationships with them and it makes complete no contact estrangement nigh on impossible because you are invited to family events and they're gonna be there. How are you going to navigate that? So I will at some point be speaking to people about their experiences with that because it's not an experience that I necessarily have. Which kind of neatly moves us into the low contact estrangement. Now this is much, much, much more common and you will find people who, even though they've never called out the toxicity with their family members, they have a more low contact situation or they will simply say things like, oh, we don't really get on. Oh, we don't really get on. We don't really, you know, we see each other at Christmas and that kind of thing, but mm, if I can avoid my mum, that's great. Or, yeah, I don't really like my dad. We don't really talk much, but um, I see him maybe once a year. That is low contact estrangement. It is a low contact relationship where you are protecting yourself and shielding yourself from toxic behavior without completely cutting ties with the person. I would argue in some ways this can almost be more difficult to navigate than the situation that I have. Yes, being no contact and having no mum, do not get me wrong, sometimes I just want a mum hug and I don't have that option anymore and that can be really, really difficult. And when you realise that there is no mum to turn to there, that you're the mum actually, um, and that you don't have that support there from a maternal figure, I can really hit you in the face and it's really hard. But equally, if you have a really toxic relationship and you are low contact, you also don't have that, but you're still having to navigate all of the challenges that come with having that low contact, having maybe that, that phone call that comes in every couple of weeks from a mother who picks at you is toxic around you, wants to tell you all of the wonderful things that a sibling has done and how you're failing and makes you feel a certain way that is detrimental to your mental health. And it's a continuation of the cycle. So when I look at people and I speak to people about their low contact situations, for whatever reason they are low contact, for whatever reason they have chosen to distance as opposed to cut off. And there are many, many reasons. Oftentimes I find people will say to me, I don't speak to my mum very much, but I have a really close relationship with my dad, so for him I feel like I kind of have to play ball. Or I will have people say to me, oh my goodness, my relationship with my mum has always been so toxic, but she's got really bad health. And I know I would never forgive myself if something happened to her and I hadn't seen her and I cut myself off. There is no right or wrong answer when it comes to estrangement, when it comes to navigating toxic dysfunctional family. There is only what feels right for you. And that's the crux of it. And that's why I want to get across with this podcast is that we're all navigating these experiences, but we're all doing it in a slightly unique circumstance because it's your circumstance. It's unique to you. And there isn't a right or a wrong way or a better method. But I think being low contact, especially with a really damaging toxic family member can be exceptionally difficult. Finally, on a slightly lighter note, there is also what I am terming digital estrangement and it's an increasing thing as we live in a digital age. Now, digital estrangement, you might have a great relationship with a parent, but you do not want them to be a part of your online sphere. You do not want them to be a part of your online life. And therefore, you become 
digitally estranged they might send you a facebook request they might try and follow you on instagram and you're like hell no i have seen the things that you and auntie janet post i'm not having that on my feed okay and i also don't want you having 24 hour access to me as an adult and seeing the things that I am doing, like, I love you to bits, mum, but you know, this is my boundary, and I'm creating a bit of space, and you have, therefore, this digital world that they are not a part of, and that can be quite a challenging scenario to deal with when you have a parent who perhaps doesn't understand how the digital world works, and why you may want to have that distance from them, and there are some very valid reasons to want to have that distance from them, the digital realm creates this 24 7 contact and you know you've got to ask yourself is that necessarily healthy for an adult child to have with a parent would you want your parents seeing everything that you do online and perhaps commenting on it we see joked about on social media all the time oh my mum's just called me because she wasn't happy that i dropped an f-bomb that is not necessarily healthy. Another reason that people might choose to go down this route, we know that certain employers, police being a great example of this, will check your social media to see who you are associated with and who is within your social sphere. Do you want to be linked to an aunt, an uncle who perhaps posts things that are inappropriate? Do you want to see that if you don't want to go through the rigmarole of having to challenge perhaps things that are racist, homophobic, whatever it might not align with with your views do you want to have to see that 24 7 and if you are indeed estranged from a family member like I am I have quite a few family members who I'm not estranged from who I would have no problem talking to in the street blocked across social media because I know that they would be very quick to comment or to try and tell me off for not having contact with my mum thus creating a digital estrangement from them as a sideline to the estrangement that I have from my mum. Okay, so we've talked about what estrangement is, what that might look like in different dynamics, but before I round off the episode, I wanted to talk about what estrangement is not, and draw the distinction between parental estrangement and parental alienation. Now, parental alienation, which is a thing, is completely different to parental estrangement. Think of it this way. With parental alienation, it's down to coercion and manipulation. Estrangement is a choice that has been made and we can go into those in finer details but that is the in and out of it in a nutshell and the problem is parental alienation is often used as an excuse to avoid accountability for why an adult child has chosen to estrange themselves it's often used as an excuse to invalidate or refute why someone would want to become estranged from that person I can guarantee to you that a significant number of people who have become estranged from family members have been told that either it's their therapist, their friends, or more commonly their spouse who has turned them against the parent or who has poisoned them against the parent. Thus, you've been alienated from me. And it's incredibly invalidating when you have made a decision as an adult to cut ties with a parental figure or with a family figure and you're told, well, you didn't make that decision. You don't know your own mind. It's a form of gaslighting and it's really, really damaging. Do we know that parental alienation happens? Absolutely. I myself, growing up, experienced parental alienation. 
I had a really toxic relationship with my dad regardless and my dad had he been alive today I have no doubt I would have been estranged from him anyway because his behavior was toxic there was a lot of not showing up for birthday parties when he promised there was a lot of slamming the phone down on me because I told him that I liked mum's boyfriend and he was angry about that there was a lot of that kind of behavior and that is neglectful, that is damaging to a child. I was constantly caught in the crossroad between him, his wife, and my mum. But what I will say is that my mum spent a lot of time and put a lot of effort into making sure that I saw him as the bad guy. As opposed to simply saying, look, I am going to listen to you and validate how you feel about your dad's toxic behavior. There would be, oh yes, well, daddy did this, didn't he? Or daddy did that, didn't he? And it was so damaging for me growing up. That is an example of alienating your child. When a child comes to you and is talking about how they are feeling around another parent's behavior, listening to them, validating their feelings, but not bad-mouthing the other parent is essential. However, it's not always that easy. It's not always that simple. And this is not a podcast about parental alienation. But what frustrates me is that parental alienation is so commonly used as an excuse, be it because you were alienated by the other parent or because you were alienated by friends, family, spouse, um, therapist. And the therapist one, that absolutely baffles me. Oh, your therapist is turning you against me. Mm, I think the fuck not it's damaging, it's frustrating, and we need to stop using parental alienation as an excuse to silence those who talk about estrangement and who make the choice to become estranged. You know what else it's not? It's not a form of abuse. And I saw this written on a blog, the blog was called 60 and Me, and it was a mother talking about her children choosing to cut her off and how that was emotional abuse from them to her. And I read the blog and you know, as you're reading it and you're just thinking, what the fuck am I reading? Like, is this woman, is, is, what, what in the cognitive dissonance is happening here? Is she aware of what she's typing? And I'm pretty sure she would have been. It was the whole thing read as a refusal to take accountability for their behavior. So you listen to me. If you have made a decision to cut ties with a toxic family member, if you have made a decision to lower your contact and protect yourself and set strict boundaries around a family member, you are not abusive. You are not abusive. Your responsibility as an adult is to protect your emotional well-being, your mental health. As an adult, you are responsible for you. And if that person is damaging to your mental health, if that person is damaging to your sense of self, to your self-worth, then you have every right to protect your peace, to cut ties with them, and to move away from that relationship. That does not make you abusive. And to call a choice to become estranged from a parent or from a family member abusive to avoid accountability says everything that you could possibly need to know about the person involved. I promise you with my hand on my heart, you are not a bad person for cutting off a toxic parent. 
And that's it. We've come to the end of the first episode. The people pleaser in me is like, was that okay? Did you enjoy it? However, I'm going to refrain from doing that because we are unlearning those behaviours, okay? If you want to get in touch with me, whether it's to discuss something that you've heard in this episode or you want to reach out because you just want to talk to somebody who gets it, then my DMs on Instagram and TikTok are always open. I'm at Toby and Rue and I'm also over on YouTube at Harriet Shearsmith. If you would like to pose a question or tell me about your experience, then definitely get in touch. Each week, I'll be reading out either a story or an experience submitted by one of our listeners, and we will base the episode around that and discussing what we can learn from the experience, finding relatability in it, and working together to heal our trauma and break the cycle. I'm Harriet Shearsmith, and together, we are Unfollowing Mum this year. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.